Hey, hey, good morning, good morning. I hope you guys are doing awesome on this Sunday morning. Hope things are going well. The NFL season has kicked off and whoop, go buff. Looking good this week. And um, excited about that. Well, I'm excited about this. We're talking about I love my church. I love my church and I hope that is true for you. And here at Burlington Christian Church, we got a lot of things going on. Uh, headed to the beach next week uh, with some teens and uh, we're gonna have a ball there and uh, a lot of things just going on around uh, fishing a little fishing expedition next um, well in a couple weeks on October the 1st and uh, trunk or treat coming up at the end of October potluck meal today if any of you can get there today after worship come on over and uh, you can eat with us. We just had our fellowship hall remodeled, all new carpet, and uh, had some of the stage area ripped out, so it's there's more floor space, and that's looking beautiful in there. Come on over and uh, hang out with us if you want. We'd love to have you guys. I love my church, not not just the building and what's going on in our building, but I love the church. I love the body of Christ that God has given to us. The word uh, is the word ecclesia, ecclesia, right here, and it means uh, the called out ones, the gathering of God's people. It has nothing to do with a building. It has everything to do with the souls of people that have come into the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ, his blood shed on a cross, our acceptance, our response to Jesus. If you don't make a response to Jesus, you are not in the kingdom of God. You have got to respond to his grace and become a part of the ecclesia, the called out ones or the assembly of God's people. And what we said about this is that there's some foundational truths about the church, the ecclesia. And they are these authority, belonging and construction, right? that all the authority of the church and all of the universe belongs to Jesus. All of the belonging of the church is his and all of the construction that is going on in the kingdom of God, Jesus is doing in every way and everywhere. It is all his. He is the head of it all. He is the authority of it all. It all belongs to him. All of creation is his and all of the church is Jesus's. It all belongs to him. And you and I, we are invited. We are invited to enter into the body of Jesus by grace, the grace that has come. And by responding to that grace through our faith, by placing our will in his hands, surrendering to Jesus by grace, through faith, we enter in. We love the church because the church is the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. And that's what we talked about last week. Well, today, I want to share a text with you in Isaiah chapter 30. So if you have your uh, sword <coughs> or your word, you got your sword with you, you're going to want to break out your sword. We're going to look at Isaiah chapter 30 for a minute. And then we're going to talk about the church. Isaiah is going to introduce our main point today. Okay, Isaiah the prophet lived uh, 
years and years before, hundreds of years before Jesus stepped on the, on the planet. In Isaiah's book in the Old Testament, Isaiah not only talks about the times that he's living in as a prophet, but he also points to the coming of the Messiah in very detailed ways, in important ways. But in Isaiah chapter 30, it's a, it's a great passage. Isaiah is talking about the, the rebelliousness of the nations, the nation of Israel and the surrounding nations that all have turned away from God. And he's, he's sharing with, um, with us and with the people back then that God notices the rebellion and God is going to deal with the rebellion. He calls, if you look at verse 15, he says, this is what the sovereign Lord says, the Holy One of Israel, in repentance and in rest is your salvation. So salvation, even way back in the time of Isaiah, Isaiah says, you want salvation, you must repent. You must turn from your wicked ways and turn to God and come to him and that's where you will be saved. Well, down in verse 18, he says, yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you, even though God is going to pour out his discipline and wrath on people who are rebellious and evil. The Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. Our God loves us and wants to show us compassion for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait on him, Isaiah says. Blessed are those who wait on the Lord. That's what we should be doing. But verse 21, here's our passage. In verse 21, Isaiah writes and he says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the walk. Walk in it. This, I'm sorry, this is the way. Walk in it. And this is the truth of our topic today. We love the church. We love the church because the church is the way. This is the way, Isaiah says. Walk in in it the church is the only way that's what i want to share with you this morning contrary to popular opinion there are not many ways to god okay there are not many ways to god it turns out that all paths see people do this all paths do not lead to heaven there is a right way and there are many wrong ways even though everyone wants to believe that whatever religion you are, whatever belief system you are, they all lead to, to God. No, no, they do not. They don't. They do not lead to God. There is a narrow path, Jesus said, that leads to life. And there is a broad or wide road that leads to destruction. The devil has been at this for a long, long, long time. He's been at this for a long time, and here's his basic strategy. 
There is the strategy of the devil in your life, in this world, in our country, and in my life. Here it is. Create as much confusion and chaos and turmoil as you possibly can, and you can get, you can literally get away with murder. You can get away with all kinds of evil if you just distract people into thinking or looking in a different direction. Not to mention how the devil is leading many people, millions of people to hell who think they're okay because they're on some path that kind of talks about heaven or talks about God. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning there is only one way to eternal life. There is only one way back into the presence of God. There is only one person ever to live in human history that, 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 that did the things that Jesus did that, and topped off his entire ministry, his teachings, all the miracles that he did, topped them all off by conquering the grave. Only Jesus is the pathway, and only Jesus has power over death. There is no one else out there, no other religion, no other prophet, no other Buddha, no other teacher, no other anything out there in all the world that has done what Jesus has done. He is the only one, and the devil is really good at throwing all of these other confusions at us to distract people and lead them away. Only Jesus has the power over death, and that is what we need to come back into the presence of God. And only the Word of God shows us this way. The Bible. Only in the Scriptures do we find the truth about the way. And in the book of Acts, as the church began, way back when Jesus ascends back into heaven he pours out his holy spirit on the the apostles and they begin to preach the word and the word of god begins to spread throughout the world beginning in jerusalem and judea and samaria and all the way to us the ends of the earth but that's when the church began to kind of move out into the world the church was birthed on the earth and and many things began to happen when the church began and the Holy Spirit was poured out and power went out and, and miracles and signs and wonders that God did among his people. And the church began to come together and began to grow on the planet. And as that began to happen, good and wild and crazy things began to happen and difficult things began to happen. Intense things began to happen, not just good things, but an attack and a persecution came upon the church. And this is one of the beauties about the church that we learn from the book of Acts. And that is this. When the church is alive and working and present in the world, things happen. Things are going to happen if God is working through his people in the church, reaching the community, striving to reach out to the world. Great things are going to happen. Miraculous things are going to happen. Awesome things are going to happen. And in the book of Acts, what we find is that the church is referred to as the way. 
We see it over and over in the, in the book of Acts. I want to share with you some of these. In Acts chapter 9, Saul, Saul, Acts 9, early in the life of the church, Saul is persecuting the church. He is killing Christians. He's going around with letters uh, and names of people. He's dragging them back to Jerusalem. He's throwing them in a prison. He's beating them. He's killing them. And he's having them arrested. And in uh, Acts chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, the scripture says this, meanwhile, Saul, now this is Saul who is later going to become Paul. Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and he asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any who belonged, look at it, to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. The way. Paul was attacking anyone who belonged to Jesus's new group called The Way. And then Saul met Jesus. He was blinded by the light, right? And he got his act together and he began to preach for Jesus. Instead of persecuting people and working against Jesus, he is now working for Jesus. His name is changed from Saul to Paul. And in, uh, in verse uh, 19... It says this, chapter 19, verse 8 and 9. Paul entered the synagogue. He began to speak boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate and they refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. The way. This is what the church in the early days was referred to as the way. We skip forward in Acts chapter 21. Paul is in Jerusalem. He's teaching about Jesus and he's uh, the people stir up uh, the crowd and they attack Paul and they seize Paul and they're beating on Paul. He's all bloody. He's battered. They're trying to kill him and all of a sudden Roman soldiers show up and they put a stop to the beating. Well Paul, bloody and battered now, asks if he can speak to the crowd. And here's what Paul says in Acts 20, or Acts 22, I'm sorry, uh, Acts 22, he says this, Brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense. When they heard him speak to them in Aramaic, they began to become, uh, they became very quiet. And then Paul said, I'm a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city. I studied under Gamaliel. And was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. Paul saying, I, I was just like you. I was a Jewish Pharisee. I was just like you. I was just as zealous for God as many as you, of you are today. Verse 4. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them into prison. And so Paul, what we see is from the beginning part of Acts, through the, the, the message of the book of Acts and the growing of the church, the church is referred to over and over again as the way. Paul now is brought to Caesarea. He's arrested. He's brought to Caesarea. This is the end of Acts. This is about the end of Paul's life, near the end of it, his ministry. He's brought to Caesarea. He's brought before Felix. And in chapter 24, verse 14, 
Paul says, however, I admit that I worship the God of our ancestors as the follower of the way which they call a sect. I believe everything that is in accordance with the law and that was written in the prophet. So this is Paul giving his defense to Felix. And Paul again refers to the church, this group of people that he now belongs to as the way. In verse 22, when Felix, then Felix, who was well acquainted with, even Felix understood this new church group was called the way. He adjourns the proceedings. Uh, he, uh, when Laius, uh, the commander comes, he said, I will decide your case. He's talking to Paul. And he ordered the centurion to keep Paul under guard, but to give him some freedom and per permit his friends to take care of his Needs. And so again, we see the church is referred to as the way. In Acts chapter 18, if you back up a little bit, there's a guy whose name is Apollos. He is a Jewish Christian. He is a proclaimer of the truth. He is preaching the word of God boldly. He knows of John the Baptist. Remember, this is early in the life of the church. He knows of John the Baptist baptism, but he does not know about baptism into the name of Jesus. And so the scripture says in verse 26, he, Apollos, began to speak boldly in the synagogues. And when Priscilla and Aquila, who are two Christians, a husband and wife, heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. See, from beginning to end, from front to back, the word of God proclaims over and over that, that the church of Jesus is the way for God's people to walk and for all of humanity to be saved. You must come into the way. You must walk in the path of the way because it's the only path that leads to eternal life. All through the scriptures, the way is the way of God. Just check out some of these verses. Proverbs 12 to 12, 28. In the path of righteousness is life, and its pathway there is not death. In, in Psalms 1, the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. In Proverbs 3, 6, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. In uh, uh, Proverbs 15, there is a severe discipline for him who forsakes the way. Whoever hates reproof will die. And in Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my path. In Psalm 1611, you know you, you make known to me the pathway of life. There is fullness of joy at your right hand, our pleasures forevermore. Psalm 25, make known to me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of salvation. For you I wait all the day long over and over the way of God, the pathway of the Lord. That is what we are on. That is what Jesus came to establish. And that's what the church is, the way. It is the way to eternal life. It is the way to God. It is the way of Jesus, the path, the way. And in uh, Isaiah chapter 35, 
Verse 8, it says this, and a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. That unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. There is a way that is for the people of God, that is for those who trust in the Lord. And it is the church. It is the way of God. Peter said, because of sin, the way of truth will be blasphemed. The Hebrew writer said, we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, the new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And in John's gospel, Jesus is on the final turn of his ministry. He is preparing his disciples for what is about to come as he uh, is going to be arrested and he's going to be uh, brought on trial and he's going to be beaten and flogged and crucified and he's preparing them for this. It's about to get really intense in, in the end of John's gospel. In John 13, they go to the upper room and, and Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper in his blood that his body would be broken and his blood spilled out for many. And in John chapter 14, verses 1 to 6, Jesus says these very familiar words that we all have heard many times. He, he says these words, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also will be where I am. You know, Jesus says to the, his disciples now, he says, you know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered him and he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the, nobody walks on a pathway that leads to the Father unless they come through me. This Jesus is saying to them, I am the way to the Father. I am the pathway. I am the way to the Father. The way. Jesus says, when, the, when Jesus called his disciples, remember when he called them early in his ministry, come follow me. When he called them to come and follow him, he was calling them to walk in his ways. When, when Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me, he was saying to all of us, if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, then you must walk on this path. You must walk this way. And when Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, he was saying, I am the one and only way. There is none beside Jesus. Follow me, he was saying, on this path. All roads, all roads 
do not lead to heaven. He alone, he alone is the pathway to the Father. His body is the only way into the presence of God. And now his body is the church on this earth, the pathway that leads to eternal life, the only way to God. Jesus is the only way to God. I love my church. I love my church because my church is God's. It's God's church and it's God's body. And it's the only way to eternal life is by walking in the body of Christ, walking in the church where Jesus reigns, where he rules, where all authority is his and all belongings is, is his doing and all construction is the work of his hands. There really is no better place to be than on the way with Jesus to eternal life. What about you? What about you? Do you love the church? Are you connected and breathing and living with the body of Christ on this earth? Do you love the church? Are you walking on the way? God bless you guys. Have a great day. Let's go out. Let's make an impact on this world for Jesus, just like Jesus did for us. Let's go and change lives and help people find their way to the one who is the way. God bless you guys.